Okay, let's have Bible study, what do you say? That wasn't it. <clears throat> Just letting y'all know. I want to continue. I am having such a great time with you folks on Wednesday night in Bible study, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this series. We, we've titled it Healthy Relationships, but it's based and predicated on Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from it, and I appreciate it very, very much. The Bible said in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Faith. Everybody say faith. Meekness, temperance against such. There is no law. <clears throat> Faithfulness, I just wanted to, the, the word here is faith. The meaning of it is really faithfulness. Uh, and I'll explain that in just a few moments. So I just want to talk to you simply tonight. I'm going to talk about health relationships, but faithfulness is our, uh, is our word that we're going to be discussing tonight. Faithfulness is not a common word anymore. <clears throat> it's kind of moved out of the church venue in modern-day America. We use the word at silver wedding anniversaries or when we present a gold watch to a man who is retiring from a lifetime spent with his company, but 25-year marriages and one-career lives are quickly going the way of the dinosaur. <clears throat> I think everybody would agree with that. With faithfulness pushed so far into the background, you might wonder if we understand what the words mean anymore as church people. But on the flip side of that, ironically, faithfulness is extremely common in other ways in our modern society. It's an integral part of human existence, and without it, society would disintegrate. Just ask the residents of Chicago a number of years ago whose family members took Tylenol on September the 29th, 1982, expecting to be a painkiller and not a life taker, if y'all remember that. Or ask the families of the World Trade Center employees, the Pentagon employees, the airline passengers who saw their moms, dads, brothers, sisters off to work on September the 11th, 2001, expecting that everything would be as it always had been on every other work day. So it is always an incredible shock to discover <clears throat> that something we have relied on literally all of our lives has let us down. And I want to say in passing tonight, that is a reality that most people in the human race have a hard time dealing with. The things that you have relied on all of your life, when it lets you down, <clears throat> it can be very difficult to manage the rest of your life. So where in the church venue, faithfulness isn't the word it used to be, I would go back as far as the 70s and 80s, probably a time that I remember the most, so where it's not as prevalent as it is as it used to be in church, it's still prevalent in our society. There are people here tonight that when your spouse got up and went to work this morning, you had no doubt that you would see them in a little while when they got home. Uh, I don't want to patronize anybody, and I'm always hesitant to use these kind of illustrations, but to illustrate the point, and I hope Sister Deborah don't mind, but her mother was at her house last night, left about 9 o'clock to go to bed. Fine. Everything was fine. She had a massive stroke on her way home. Just like that. So when things we've relied on all of our lives fails us for whatever reason, 
we're left in a, a, a black hole. We're left in a, a situation that's hard to, to deal with, to negotiate. So faithfulness is important to human well-being. It's important to human well-being because humans were made to operate. Humans were created by God himself to operate on the principle of faith. Adam and Eve were created. They set a precedent to operate on a principle of faith that God would provide for them everything they needed in the Garden of Eden. That was, it was set up and designed that way. So we inhabit a planet suspended without visible means of support, constantly spinning in space. There's nothing we can do to perpetuate the process and nothing we can do to fix it if it started to go wrong. Every day we breathe air we cannot see. We eat food that we've not examined. We pass through traffic lights that we assume will prevent accidents. We board planes not have never met the pilot and let him take us 30-something thousand feet into the air and we all trust that we're going to, the plane will land safely. There's a faith element that's built into all of us, but it revolves around faithfulness because we are creatures of habit. We are creatures of pattern. Uh, we have a tendency to repeat the same thing over and over. We eat the same kind of foods and very few of us branch out outside of our little human box very often. You could ask Sister Murphy, if I go to the Piccadilly to eat, she can tell you what I'm going to get. If we go to a Mexican restaurant, she can pretty much tell you one to two things that I will order. We're all creatures of... Has anybody know what I'm talking about, or I'm the only one like this? So where our lives are made up of an inherent... God-installed mechanism on the inside of us called faithfulness. We try to operate in that mode, that sphere of faithfulness, but without faith. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's where we, we meet a breach, especially with the Word of God. We are totally dependent. We all are totally dependent on things that are external to us. We all depend on that. I remember having a hurricane, one of the 428 that came through Baton Rouge in the past 10 years, it seems like. But I remember going to Walmart one time with Sister Murphy to pick up hurricane supplies. There was nothing there. I flipped out. What's wrong with Walmart? Trucks couldn't get here. They were shutting highways down, and they were encouraging drivers not to get and People went in there and just bought everything. One person bought 58 loaves of bread so they'd have bread for the next three days. You'd have some bread. Wow. But y'all understand what I'm saying? We, are, we, we have faith in external things around us and we all operate on some level of faithfulness. We trust that tomorrow will be somewhat like today when it comes to marriage and parenting and jobs and it's all going to be there is what i'm saying but it doesn't require a manifestation of faith we just assume all this is going to happen i'm not talking in circles i want you to get the point here tonight we are dependent on things that are external to us and that is what faith is faith is dependence i preached a sermon a number of years ago 
I called it the uh, Declaration of Dependence, not Independence, the Declaration of Dependence, where Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and without me you can do Y'all ever read that verse? It didn't sound like it. The answer is nothing, so let's require to do it again. I'm the vine, you're the branches, he said, and without me you can do nothing. Zero without him. Hebrews 11, we've all heard it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. I don't care how holy you dress. And how many times you've repented and been baptized and received the Holy Ghost. If you don't have a manifestation of faith in God, you're not pleasing to Him. That's what the book said. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. That's why I'm asking you to pray. And faith without faithfulness is misplaced faith. Faith without faithfulness and you can't say you're faithful to the house of God when you're only here half the time or when you're only here on Sunday that's not faithfulness that's part-time faithfulness that's faithfulness on Sunday but what about the rest of the stuff you can't say you're a faithful child of God if you don't pray you can't say you're a faithful child of God if you never read your Bible right there's more to serving God than 11 o'clock here on Sunday morning when it's convenient I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. Faith without faithfulness is misplaced faith, which only ends in disaster. So that's why these two words in the English are one word uh, in the Greek language, because they are inseparable. Some translations in Galatians 5, for example, says faith. Others says faithfulness. The English language makes two words out of that, faith and faithfulness. But the Greek language does not. It's one word. The Greek word pistis means belief, but it also means conviction. It means trust and confidence and fidelity, reliability, dependability. So faith, according to the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, yes, it means belief. It means believing in God, but it also means conviction and trust and confidence and fidelity and reliability and dependability. And God is the best example of faithfulness. God is all of these things. It never ceases to amaze me how awesome God is. I'm going to come to some scriptures in a minute. But he never gives up on the human race. You know what? He never gives up on me. And sometimes I feel like I'm a man that's as unstable as water. But God never gives. He is the epitome of faithfulness. He is resolute in his conviction and trust and confidence. His fidelity, reliability, and dependability towards me amazing he believes in me believes in you first timothy chapter 2 verse 13 listen to this notice it on the screen if we believe not if there's somebody here tonight that walks out here and says, i don't believe in god anymore if you say that if you believe not paul said yet god abides faithful to you because he cannot deny himself what a scripture even if you don't believe he still is going to be faithful to you. You can cuss him out and treat him like a dog, and he's still going to be faithful to you. Amen. Yes, he will. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, John said, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful. 
That's who he is. I mean, we say God is love, but he's also faithful. That's who God is. He never gives up. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's who he is. He can't. So God is faithful, first of all, and I want you to know these things. All of us are under this canopy. Everybody here tonight, no matter who you are, where you're from, where you, what you've done, where you've been, your mom and dad and your brothers, all of that, who your kids are, don't matter. God is faithful to, number one, bless me. All of us lives under this canopy. Lamentations chapter 3 says, This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God blesses us every day. Not predicated on how wonderful we are, but because how phenomenal He is. That's just who He is. It's what He does for His people. God is faithful to protect us. Paul said, there hath no temptation, no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Brother Wheeler, he don't spare us from things, but he empowers us to go through it. Why? Because he's faithful. That's why David could say, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, thou art with me. That's who God is could never say God wasn't with me today. Or I went through a circumstance and God wasn't there. It's not possible. This is who God is. <clears throat> the Bible teaches that I am saved by faith and that I must walk by faith and live by faith and stand by faith and pray in faith and overcome through faith. But my faith has no power unless God remains faithful, and He does. Yes, He does. Since the fruit of the Spirit is all about reproducing the character of God in my life, what does faithfulness mean to me personally then? What does it mean to be faithful since God is so faithful to bless me and to forgive me and to keep me and what have you? So what does it mean? So faithfulness in my life means that I can have confidence. Revelation chapter 2 says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you'll have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, God said. You can make it to death. He said, I'll give you a crown of life. This is us manifesting that quality of faithfulness in our life that God has. This is the fruit of the Spirit coming alive in our life. So, Faithfulness in my life means that I have confidence in Him. I don't leave Him either. He don't never leave me, so I'm never going to leave Him. We can have conviction because of it. Third John 3, For I rejoice greatly, John said, when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even thou that walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that thy children walk in truth. Amen. We can be committed because of it. Paul said, I thank Jesus Christ, writing to Timothy, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. We can be consistent because of it. These are attributes of faithfulness. It's not what we think it is. We need to let the Bible describe and define what it is. We can be consistent. The Bible says, Jesus said, He that is faithful 
and that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Faithful even in just a little bit. We have a really cool small group. Is that Renita? Is that you? Okay. Uh, we have a real cool small group. We're going to, if we can ever find a service to get past the second praise team song on Sunday morning, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, Threads of Grace. Women are just going bonkers. They've lost their mind somehow over wanting to learn to knit. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. But I think it's awesome. Well, a lot of you folks may think, well, that's not a real big deal. But Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least. And I don't know what Jesus defines as least. I'm not sure he has a definition. I think he might mean in what we define as small as insignificant, as unimportant. I'm not the pastor, so what I do don't matter. She has folks attending that class that don't attend Grace Church. That's the point. It's not to teach you to knit. Anybody get that? A byproduct of going is learning how to knit, but the point of the class is to associate as many people as we can with Grace Church. That's the point. So to, the, to you, it may seem like a knitting class, but there's a greater vision, there's a bigger opportunity going on in that arena of activity, and that applies to everything we do here at Grace Church. One translation of Luke 16.10 says this, Unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with, your, with greater responsibilities. And I think that is well said faithfulness it's one word that means belief but it also means reliability dependability and consistency conviction it means all of these things all wrapped up in one word and this is what needs to be made manifest in our lives so in conclusion tonight the bible teaches that faithfulness must be demonstrated in our relationships with people as well as in our relationship with god only a relationship built on confidence conviction commitment and consistency can survive the pressures of life is going to test that relationship. I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm feeling very passionate about what God did to me this past Sunday. And I've repented that I didn't see it before Sunday. But there's, there's a mindset that some of us have engaged here in Grace Church that we, 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 need, to, we need to go look in the mirror as James said, and re-examine our lives. There's, there's marriages here at Grace Church that are in trouble. Why? Because that little corner over there is never visited. There's people having issues with their kids. They've gone to counseling and therapy and everything else you can imagine. Why don't you go over there and pray a blood covering over them? faithful it's taken that that staunch resolute just good pentecostal apostolic hard-headed posture it says you know what 
Things in my life are falling apart right now, but I am not going to stand for it. I am going to pray. And you know what? Jesus may not change the circumstance, but he will sure empower you to go through it. We give up too easy. We surrender too easy. We believe all this stuff. We believe it too easy. God needs to, to reel us in on that, and I'm, I'm hoping he does, and I hope he does it gently. Got to be careful when I talk about that. But remember that faith and faithfulness is dependence. It's when you depend on God and don't say you do when you don't. Don't say you do when you don't. Your job is not the source of your money. Your doctor is not the source of your health either. Job learned a valuable lesson that the whole human race needs to learn. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. So remember that faith and faithfulness is dependence. That is the foundation of true relationship. It's true friendship. You can depend on your friend and they can depend on you. Abraham was called by God a friend. The traits mentioned uh, in this study tonight are visible to the casual observer but painfully, painfully obvious to those who know us well. And faithfulness to God is found in the habits of our lives that no one else can see. If people say too often, well, my spouse don't serve God, or my spouse don't come to church, and my kids don't come to church, my parents don't come to church, whatever. I understand that, and I get that. I've, I've tried, and I've tried working with families for years and about all that kind of stuff. But God's not going to force your spouse, and he's not going to force your family, and he's not going to force your kids and your parents and all that. He's not going to force them. But it doesn't diminish the fact that God still is interested in you and still wants your commitment and wants your faithfulness and wants your sacrifice and wants your, your everything. He does, and, and you can't live someone else's life for it. Am I making sense to anybody? I'm trying to help somebody here tonight, man. I... So we have an ever greater cause to be faithful, especially in light of the things that I just said. And one day we'll stand before God to be judged, not on the basis of our successes, how much money you made, how much money you invested, how much properties you own, what kind of car you drive, home you live, and all that. You're not going to be judged based on that. You're not going to be judged on the basis of your achievements or talents or reputation or even sacrifice. You're not going to be judged based on that. You're going to be judged on the basis of faithfulness. Jesus said in Matthew 25, The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good, and you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, Moreover, it is required in stewards. It's required. It's not an option. It's not negotiable. This isn't a Donald Trump issue where we're going to negotiate. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So where do you stand tonight in your relationship with God? This is healthy relationships. Where do you stand tonight in your relationship with God and your relationship with others? Is your relationship with others predicated on how they treat you? Do you like them because they treat you nice, or do you treat them nice because you're a Christian person? 
I'm reminded of the song that I heard years ago as a kid. Matter of fact, Sister Glenda Albritton Hutzpeth used to sing it when I was a child. She'd sing, I have a long ways to go to be like the Lord. And I'll be the first to confess tonight that I'm not as faithful to Him as He is to me. And I'm probably not as faithful in all my relationships with others as He is to me. I have a long ways to go. But I can promise you this, I'm working on it every day. I want to love God and I want to love people. I want Grace Church to love God and I want Grace Church to love people. And I don't want us to be blown away so easily when things hit our lives and impact our lives. Brother and Sister Wheeler, if y'all don't mind, I think I've only done this one other time, but they said goodbye to their son in his mid-twenties first part of this year. Father's Day's coming up Sunday. He's now had that conversation and he's experiencing already a lot of heartbreak because his son won't be there. But I have watched these people, brother and sister Wheeler, square their shoulders and face this right eyeball to eyeball and their faith in God is not diminished. Their attitude in him is not changed. If anything, they love him all the more. It's faithfulness. It's putting faith where your mouth is. We say these things all the time. I love God and I have faith in God. Do you? A situation like that, Brother Wheeler, will sure test it, doesn't it? Sure does test it. I want to be found faithful. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful to God, His church, His people, my family, my friends. I want to be faithful. I'm asking you folks. I'm asking you with everything in me. Stand with me tonight. I'm done. I'm asking all of us to go look in the mirror. I don't know if I don't see Casey, if she's in here or not. Uh, maybe we ought to put a mirror in the two prayer corners in the A Center where the altars are. Not so you can see how nice you look, but as a general reminder that we need to do some self-examination sometimes. And there's not a person in this building that can tell me legitimately you can't come up here and pray once in a while. There, It's not legitimate. You go anywhere you want to go. You go to Walmart. You go to the mall. You go to the grocery store, wherever you go. You can spend 15, take. You don't have to wear a suit and tie. Just come up here and spend 15 minutes. I'm just asking you to do it and just see what happens in your life. And you. And then you, you want your spouse to come to church with you? Come up here and tell God about it. Don't whine about it. And don't get on Facebook and moan about it. Get up here and talk to God about it. Tell God to keep the old buzzard up all night long and convict him so bad he can't stand himself. And it might be hard on you for a while, but he'll get down here to this altar after a while. Get in there and tell God about it. You got a doctor's appointment coming up? Brother and Sister Alexander established that precedent, and, and I, I had forgotten it until Sunday. That any time Brother Alexander... And since we've pastored here 24 years, anytime either one of them had a doctor's appointment, they always came up either Wednesday or Sunday before that appointment and was prayed for. Did it every time. Brother Alexander lived to 95 years old with Alzheimer's and prostate cancer. You know why? Do you know why? Somebody said it. Faithful. 95. He was in his 70s when we moved here. 
And I thought he was old then. But God added years. You know why? They were faithful. God help us to learn that. Father, we ask you tonight to sweep into our minds and hearts. We are so in desperate need of you tonight. I feel like the Laodicean church. We think we're beautiful and awesome and wonderful. And, but if we could see us like you see us. I'm asking you, God, to draw us to your side. Church is being buffeted. We have families that are hurting. There's tragedy has stepped into their life, and we understand that life happens. But it's not without the presence of God in the middle of it. I'm asking you, God, to step into our lives and remind us that everything we are and everything we own is just the kindness and blessing and generosity of your hand. And I pray tonight, God, that you would step into our lives, draw us closer to you, help us to get our priorities right, help us to be found faithful. I pray to God that you can rapture a church out of Central. I pray to God that we can be right with you and help us to understand that faith isn't an occasional thing, but it's also intertwined with faithfulness, and they go hand in hand. They can't be separated. You can't have faith without being faithful, and being faithful without faith is counterproductive. I pray that we can understand this tonight. God, help us with our mentality. Help us with our perspectives and the way we view things, the way we look at things, our minds have been filled with media and news and negativity and what the doctors say and all of these things, and we've somehow kicked you out of that picture. And We can't do that. We can't do that. You are the prevailing influence of our life. You hold the next beat of our heart in your hand. The next breath we breathe is in your hands, and it's only your kindness and mercy and faithfulness that we can. And I pray that you would help us tonight, God. I'm not trying to be negative, and I'm not trying to be morbid. But it's time to have a reality check. We need to know where we stand with you. And I pray that we can have our attitudes right and we're not wrapped up in our pharisaical robes and think just because we look the part and act the part most of the time that everything's okay. We've got to be pleasing to you. We've got to be pleasing to you. And God, I pray that you would lay your hand on Grace Church. You're ready to take us to the next level. We, we have a wave of God coming, a move of the Holy Ghost. There's things coming down the pike. We all know that. And I just pray, God, we're up to the task. Pray that we're up to the challenge. Wrap Grace Church up in your arms. Hold our families in your hands, every one of them. We ask you, God, because we depend on you in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Greet one another. Be nice and friendly. Greet our guests. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name, we'll see you Sunday.